This month, the Court of Appeal told a woman from Somerset that she must make a definitive break from a socially harmful cult or face losing custody of her daughter. Most of their activity has been based around a hotel, a guest house called The Lighthouse. Somehow, a former tennis coach from Australia, claiming to be the reincarnation of Leonardo da Vinci, gained a devoted following. And then he started talking about how some of this pain and agony that people were screaming about was because they were an archangel in their past life. But why do cults persist? And is the law tough enough on their leaders? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm David Aronovich. Today, the organisation called Universal Medicine taking on a cult. In this episode, we follow the Australian woman who spent a decade exposing the leader of Universal Medicine, Serge Benayon. Accusations against him have been both bizarre and troubling. And we hear the story of a British woman who believes her family has been destroyed by the group. I first heard about them a couple of weeks beforehand when I read a small news report in The Times. Rosie Kinchin is a feature writer at The Sunday Times who recently came across an obscure group, Universal Medicine. I found the whole thing quite intriguing. There wasn't a huge amount of information about them, considering that there are so many elements that are very surprising about this story. The fact that this strange international organisation has a headquarters in the middle of rural Somerset and that they seem to have been operating like this for some time. So I was surprised by how little there was. Had you reported on cults before? I'd looked at doing a story a couple of years earlier when a friend of mine's younger sister had become involved with a cult. When her sister eventually broke away from it, she and I spent quite a long time talking about what it was that had got her involved in the first place. And, you know, this was someone who I'd known fairly well. So, with her interest piqued, Rosie decided to find out more about this group called Universal Medicine, who have a base in Somerset, and their founder, Serge Benayon. The quest took her to the other side of the world and a meeting with a lady called Esther Rocket. I started looking into Universal Medicine. The obvious starting point is their website, which is an extraordinary thing. It's full of very convoluted and complex arguments that don't really make a great deal of sense. Some of it is protected, so you can only access it having handed over your own detail, you know, your own email and and password information, which I felt slightly uncomfortable about doing anyway, because I didn't particularly want them to know that I was looking into them at this point. But I did, and I had a good look around. And then reading around it, I discovered Esther's blog. Esther is a 52-year-old acupuncturist who lives in Sydney. She's got a very dry sense of humour and a strong sense of the absurd. And Esther has been writing a blog about this group for a long time, about 10 years. So the next thing was to get in touch with her and to say, you know, I'm a journalist based in the UK, I'm really interested in this. Are you around to have a chat in the next couple of days? And she answered immediately. Oh. Hi, is that Esther? Yes, yes. It's, Hi, yes, hi that's Esther. Right. It's Rosie from Sunday Times. Yes, it must have been midnight where she was, but I think Esther is the sort of person who's sort of on the ball all the time. <laughs> I'm not sure that Esther sleeps. So how did she first come across Serge Benhayan? 
I was referred to Surge for healing by uh, a friend of mine who was practicing complementary therapies. She came across him in 2005 when she had just finished a bachelor's degree in religious studies. A friend of hers had suggested that she goes to see this guy, Serge. And it was a bit of an unusual sort of hands-on healing that he did. Who was doing some interesting therapies, I think was the way that it was described to her, from his home. He had a kind of practice based at his own house in Gunalaba near Byron Bay in Australia. My friend said that he was doing interesting stuff, so I went along to see what that was. Her first session was harmless enough, she said. He was very friendly. He's not a big fellow. He seemed cheerful. There was nothing about him that was particularly alarming. He practised this sort of esoteric massage, which involved placing his hands over her and shutting his eyes. And she was sort of willing to go with it at that point. So he seemed harmless enough and he seemed unimpressive enough. And then what happened? The third time was when, out of nowhere, I had not given him any kind of personal information about myself. On the third appointment, he announced that he thought she needed an ovarian reading. And that's how he put it to me. He said, I think you need an ovarian reading. She had never told him anything about any pre-existing medical conditions or given him any background information that would that would lead him to believe that she had a problem with her ovaries, say. I didn't know what it was. She said that her instinct was immediately that this was a terrible idea and she wanted nothing to do with it. But he convinced her that it was not going to be invasive. It was a simple, straightforward treatment that would have lots of benefits. So she agreed to it. He said that my ovaries had some information that he would pick up somehow. He placed his hands on her lower abdomen and started saying, When you were five years old, a man in your life let you down. And it just infuriated me straight away because I sort of thought, Oh, no, don't tell me, you know, it's this kind of cold reading and he's going to make inferences about men. And that's exactly what he did. So then he continued in that. More or less started listing to her all of the damage that had been done to her by men. Everything he said from then on was about men. A man in your life had done this to you until he got to my teens where he said, a man in your life tortured you. And she was furious. It was completely vague and meaningless, but I was just incensed by it. But he'd also said before he'd done the reading, when I asked for the explanation, he said, you don't have to comment on what I'm saying. You know." You and she decided that the best thing to do was to say nothing at all. So she lay there silently waiting for it to end. And then at one point he started getting frustrated. He got impatient after I didn't say anything, you know, because I was just lying there like a stone and brimming with anger. Yeah. He eventually said, so am I right? And I said, no, not really. (laughs) So, you know, I was pretty annoyed. Yeah. But, you know, he was just clearly fishing for something he could use. Mm. So she got pretty cross. Actually, that's very much like the kind of standard thing that illusionists do, isn't it? Which is to fish for an answer upon which they then get a confirmation. And she just wasn't giving it back to him. Yeah, exactly. 
Did she know whether other people were getting the same treatment? She said that she saw a lot of women there. I became very, very concerned because on my visits to his home clinic, there were always women there. I, I noticed there were always women around. She worried that, that other people might have offered up a piece of information during one of these, you know, ovary readings and that he had then latched onto it and then sort of used that as a way into their confidence. Did she report him to the police or to the authorities? No, she didn't. I thought about going to the police, but there was no criminal complaint. With the ovarian reading, I considered reporting it as indecent assault, but I was very worried I would not be believed. And she wasn't really sure what to do, I think, at this point. So she had already signed up for a weekend training course with him or a teaching session with him. And she decided that she would go along, sort of, just to try and see a bit more of what he was really up to. Intrigued and disturbed, Esther Rocket went on a weekend break with Serge Barayon and several dozen other people. In a conference room in a stadium in New South Wales, things became a little odd. We sort of prepped everyone by giving this long, very confusing lecture about all sorts of strange spiritual stuff. There were about 60 or so people there. There were lots of religious references through that and a whole mixture of religions. So he was talking about Buddha, but he would also talk about the Christ and he would talk about archangels. He made them all get into pairs and there were sort of massage beds around the room. There were treatment tables. One person would play the um, patient and the other person would play the practitioner and we'd practice on each other. And he closed all the curtains. So that it was nearly pitch dark inside this room. And as he talked, people became sort of almost trance-like. They went into a trance-like state. Some people would start trembling and shaking and screaming and um, howling, crying, all this sort of stuff in this very dark room. And as this happened, his descriptions became more graphic. While that was happening, Serge would be walking around the room saying that these reactions were all of the bad energy coming out of us. And then he started talking about how some of this pain and agony that people were screaming about was because they were an archangel in their past life. And then he got into all of this very violent imagery with these archangels having their wings hacked off and being disemboweled with swords. And it was just the most horrible thing. So, you know, I was there to observe, but it was it was a pretty awful experience. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Serge Barayon, the leader of this group, was a tennis coach in Australia who'd gone bust in 1995. It appears he then reinvented himself as a healer. He's declared bankrupt. He starts to practice these therapies out of a studio at his home. Esther says that he was sharing his studio at the time with a physio who was then helping him at the training session. So she was obviously a part of his group. And she thinks that it grew. He initially treated, and I say treated with, you know quotation marks. He treated a range of sort of medical practitioners, so dentists, doctors, physios, and it was through them they brought in clients. He would get a doctor to come to him for help. The doctor would Mm -hmm. then go and say to uh, their patients, oh, there's a good guy here. And of course, they'd say, you're a doctor, you must know. Exactly. And what kind of person do we know was going along to him? She said they were educated, they were middle class, they were just sort of open-minded, interested people. Did she get any sense of how he managed to persuade them to to behave this way? It's sort of mind control in a very kind of typical way. It's a lot of what they call love bombing, so telling people that they are special, that they're cared about, giving people a sense of warmth and belonging to him and what he's saying, and then just slowly expanding it so that, you know, he's got answers for everything. Everything makes sense through his worldview. Firstly, I'm not truly outspoken, even though that's the terminology that they use for somebody who's prepared to speak against or speak something that is not the norm. I'm simply just expressing the truth as my body knows it to be and as I know it to to be uh, from a collective form of uh, uh, intelligence, as in my body understands other bodies. And, and essentially, at the, at the root of all, we're all the same. So when one body speaks the truth, it actually speaks on behalf of all bodies. 
Would she describe him as, does she describe him as charismatic in any way? I think he, he is quite charismatic. I've watched quite a few videos now of him talking to hundreds of people and he's, he's making no sense. Or thinking I'm up myself or being up myself because that's the way it is. So, you know, we have a situation where... If you read a transcript of the words, it would be completely nonsensical, but he manages to stand up there and deliver, deliver this with such confidence and self-belief that it seems that people, people are willing to accept it. Let's talk a bit about their UK operations. Where are they based in the UK? They're based in Froome in Somerset. Most of their activity has been based around a hotel called The Lighthouse. It's a very beautiful grade two listed country guest house with a lake and woods and beautiful scenery. Um, and Ben Hyen has been giving lectures there since 2004. And does he own it now, do you think? He doesn't own it, but one of his followers owns it, a man called Simon Williams. The UK operation of Universal Medicine is run by Ben Hyen's daughter, Simone, who is a 35-year-old swimming coach. Her swimming pool is based right next to the lighthouse, so that's where she operates from. Ben Hyen has claimed she is the reincarnation of Winston Churchill. The reincarnation of Winston Churchill? <laughs> yes, quite right. Well, she's a bit fat and she likes to smoke cigars. <laughs> Something like that. Um, so he believes in reincarnation? He does. He believes that he is the reincarnation of Leonardo da Vinci. Good choice. Yeah, it's a good choice. And in fact, followers followers will have pictures of Leonardo da Vinci all over their houses. Imagining that it's a picture of Ben Hyen. Exactly. Okay. And any famous followers? The most famous in the UK is a man called Otto Bathurst, who's the BAFTA-winning director of Peaky Blinders. There's an article on their website where he talks about how Serge is his best friend. Have you managed to speak to any of the British adherents of universal medicine? I have not. I have tried many of them, but there is a total refusal to engage with the media at all. And so they just don't call you back or they put the phone down on you? They just don't call you back. So did you actually manage to speak to any families affected by universal medicine? Yeah, I spoke to quite a few, but one of them in particular had a story that really struck me. Her name, well, I called her Sue, that's not her real name, but she wanted to remain anonymous. And she is a 65-year-old woman whose daughter and son-in-law are involved with the cult. And what happened to her? So in about 2011, she went with her daughter to one of Ben Hyen's sessions in Somerset. She knew instantly, she says, that he was up to no good, that he was not to be trusted and that he was a showman, was the word she used. Her daughter and her son-in-law told her that she was a toxic influence on the family and they said that they wanted nothing more to do with her. She tried to to persuade them round. She turned up there, knocked on the door and had the door shut in her face. So now, you know, this is two years later and she hasn't seen her grandchildren for two years. And it's heartbreaking, you know, she loves her grandchildren. She had a wonderful relationship with them and she's devastated. Was she regarded as a toxic influence because she wouldn't accept the ways of living that the that the cult wanted? Yes, yes, that's essentially it. Does Sue think she'll ever see her grandchildren again? She lives in hope, but I think she's, you know, she's philosophical. She realises that there's a strong chance that she's never going to get that connection back again. Unless maybe they get to be adults and decide they'd like to see their grandmother. Exactly, yeah. 
One common characteristic of cults is the cutting off of followers from their families, as Sue's story demonstrates. Back in Australia, having broken with universal medicine in 2005, it was a collection of these family stories that led Esther Rocket to start looking again into Serge Benayon's strange world. In 2010, she'd read an article in the Sydney Morning Herald, which said that Ben Hyen now had about 2,000 followers around the world. And she was alarmed, so she started looking online and she found a thread on an American website where people were exchanging stories about universal medicine and they were doing so anonymously, but most of them were family members who had found themselves cut out of somebody's life after they had joined this cult. So ex-husbands, there were husbands, there were wives and mothers. There was a whole community around the world, but mainly Australia and the UK, who were talking about what they could do and exchanging horror stories. So she started writing a blog and she just started unravelling the story of what Serge was actually getting up to. She spoke to family members. She has spoken to people who've left, none of whom are willing to talk to the press because... I think there's just such a stigma attached to it and they don't really want to relive it all publicly. Did this take a legal turn, this campaign of hers? I don't think that she was doing it for any reason other than to try and expose him for what he was. He had tried to set up charities in Australia and in the UK and so she alerted the Charity Commission that this is what they were doing and so she was trying to stop him without a doubt but then they started to retaliate as she started to kind of expose them and write about it. And she was getting, you know, hundreds of hits every day on her blog. So she was sort of building up a bit of a following as this cult slayer. And then (laughs) he started to fight back. So they made complaints of copyright infringement, of trade infringement. They, you know, I think in her words, they did everything except violence to try and stop her. And then in 2015, he sued for defamation over things she had said in a blog post the year before and also comments she'd made on social media. Uh, What kind of thing? She had called him a charlatan. She had said that his breast massage and another treatment called, I think it's deeper feminine, and it involves him putting his hands on a patient's pubic bone and it's supposed to be good for rape survivors. So there were things like this, and she said they were tantamount to molestation. She said that he preyed on cancer victims. She said it was all sorts of allegations. And in the end? The case came to court in 2018, and the Australian Supreme Court jury found that it was substantially true to say that Serge Benhyen was a charlatan who makes fraudulent medical claims, preys on cancer patients and has an indecent interest in children as young as 10. And that was just some of the things they found. I mean, the list goes on, really. But it was a resounding victory for Esther. So essentially, the court found that the really bad things she'd said about Ben Hyatt were true. Yeah. Back here in the UK, Serge Benayon has curtailed his activities somewhat since that Australian court ruling two years ago. This year, even before the coronavirus pandemic struck, he had cancelled his usual trips to Somerset. There are no more references to universal medicine on the Lighthouse website. I would say I had a look on TripAdvisor and I'm not sure that all of the guests have been entirely convinced that universal medicine is not there at all anymore. There are some slightly terrified guests writing that it appears to be a cult when, they, when they've spent the night there. What ordinary customers have gone spend the night at the guest house and suddenly discovered themselves in the middle of the cult and have written that on TripAdvisor. Exactly. Matt D, November 2019. One star. 
terrible. If it's peace and quiet that you want, don't bother. Everyone wakes up at about three in the morning. No respect. Banging doors, etc. There are no windows. It's not romantic at all. Then we find out, to our horror, the place is linked to a cult. I would strongly avoid this place. 2020. One star. Unfortunately, we'd not been made aware that this property was alcohol-free. We also later found out that this accommodation is the UK headquarters for what the Australian Supreme Court has ruled a socially damaging cult. I would not recommend staying here unless you've read up on the cult and are comfortable with their views and practices. What is the legacy of courts intervening in the United Kingdom with people's private right to be in organisations like this? I mean, do courts usually get involved and say, look, you can't really do this because of the effect on families and so on? I think only when it comes into something involving children would they be able to. I think that there's there's a lack of robust legal framework that allows police to become involved or, you know, courts to become involved in cases like this. So unless there's children involved, we take the view generally that if people choose to be involved in these things, then that's their lookout. Unless there's something like embezzlement or financial misconduct or something along those lines, then the actual process of controlling someone's belief system is not in itself punishable. Since you started covering this story, have you had yourself any feelings about it? It's easy to to focus on the crazy, kooky parts of cults, but it is really quite sad to talk to people whose lives have been ruined by this man. It, it's terrifying as well to think that it could be anyone. Well, nobody thinks that they're susceptible to a cult, to being brainwashed. And yet people are. You know, this continues. Do you think it's a growing problem? It's hard to ascertain whether it's a growing problem. I think it's an ever-changing problem. And I think you can see how there's a lot of new avenues for it now with the, with the internet and with the fact that a man in Australia has managed to brainwash a bunch of people in Froome. It's extraordinary. But that's, you know, video conferencing and online sermons. I mean, it's not unlike sort of extremists in the way that they operate. And could be happening right now in lockdown. Mm, exactly, it could, yeah. The more time we spend online, the more we spend perusing interesting ideas or things that seem beneficial. There's a lot of conspiracy theorists around at the moment, and the more you doubt experts and the more you look for answers yourself, the more likely you are to, or the more vulnerable you become to people who are trying to recruit. As for Esther, does she think the story is now over? So from your point of view, the fight continues, like you'll keep, keep going after him. Yes and no. I absolutely cannot afford to keep going. I think she's still got a fighting spirit in her, but at the same time, I think the case, fighting Ben Hyen has basically bankrupted her um, and it's also kind of taken over her life. Really, his events are now in secret and completely closed off, but I believe that it's almost completely curtailed his business activities in the UK. Right, OK. But there are there is a core group of several hundred followers who are still aligned and still promoting him. There's a point at which you've got to leave these things behind. That said, I did tell her that I thought it should be made into a film and she suggested Sue Perkins would make a very good her. So, (laughs) who who knows? (laughs) I have a feeling Sue Perkins would quite like that job. (laughs) Yeah, I think she probably would. (laughs) 
During her reporting of this story, Rosie asked for a comment from Universal Medicine, but received no response. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, David Aronovich, and my guest, Rosie Kinchin, features writer at the Sunday Times. And you can read more of Rosie's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print on Sundays. The producer was Will Rowe, the executive producer is Leo Hornack, and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Carla Patella, music by Breakmaster Cylinder. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. You can subscribe now to never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and more. See you soon.